Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. How does Christian Wood fit with the Lakers on and off the court? And what are the most intriguing training camp battles? All that and more coming up next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And Locked on Lakers, your first listen every day, Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, always free, never behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can hang out with a community of nearly 21,000 subscribers, be a part of a really cool, respectful, funny group of Laker fans who cannot wait for training camp to start. Leave your questions in the YouTube comments section. Hit us up on Twitter at Brothers or email us, Brothers at gmail.com. We'd love to use your voices in the show today's episode by the way brought to you by jace medical empower yourself when you purchase a jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections get yours today at jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com and with that housekeeping out of the way we bring in our guest dan Wojcicki. you know his awesome coverage of the lakers in the la times for years Friend of the show, for some reason, Brian can never seem to be here when Dan pays us a visit. Brian is, he battling, is he battling an infection? Does he need a Jace case? <laughs> no, I was going to say, I can think of some NBA players who that might be handy for. hey <laughs> <laughs> I can think of some guys I've covered over the years. <laughs> Didn't realize the show would be going blue today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. There's <laughs> players right. who could use a Jace case. We'll leave it at that. Um Want to, and by the way, beginning with a certain player, I want to make it clear. We're not talking about Jace Case with this guy. This is just where we're starting the show. I want to begin oh, yeah. with Christian Wood um, because, Dan, you, you wrote uh, for the L.A. Times uh, a little while ago what I wouldn't say was the definitive the Lakers shouldn't sign Christian Wood article because I don't think that's an accurate depiction. But it may no. have been the, def the definitive. Here's why other teams have experienced issues with Christian Wood. Make up your yeah. own minds article. Um, we talked about it before they signed Christian Wood. He has since now been inked. With that in mind, what, if anything, have you heard about the relationship and the dynamic between Wood and the Lakers since he's joined the team? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been positive so far. Um, you know, you've got um, a coach in Darvin Ham. Uh, Christian Wood mentioned it that, you know, um, that like, you know, Darvin Ham was on his phone a lot this summer. It's funny, I... I saw Darvin in Las Vegas during Team USA minicamp and was sort of like, what's going on with Christian Wood? This is before he signed. He's like, oh, yeah, that reminds me. I need to call him today. And it was sort of like, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so I think, like, you know, it's off to a good start. Um, the the questions with Christian Wood, I think, it isn't necessarily first impressions. I mean, I it, it's funny. You know, that piece was like basically what I was trying to, to explain, Andy, was sort of like, you know, let, like, let's all take a deep breath. There's a reason why he's available now. Like, where's the disconnect, right? Like, where is the talent says he shouldn't be? Um, the market says he should be. Like, let's fill in that space. And I think one of the things in talking to people around the Lakers and, and, and people who were fans of the signing around the NBA, and there are some, there are definitely detractors too. But what the fans would say is they'll say, you're getting Christian Wood at the perfect time. Um, 
the first of all, you're paying him nothing. So it's incredibly low risk, right? Like he does have an option for the second season, but if you need to, for some reason, wave and stretch a minimum contract, that's not going to be the end of your books. Like you I don't even know if you can do able, that. <laughs> yeah, you can, but it'll be like, it's, it, there's no real point in doing it. Right. Feels, you, it feels probably, simpler just to let it bleed just, out. Just and, run it out. Yeah. You yeah. just ride it out. Right. Like if you're up against the hard cap next year, that's one less minimum player you can sign basically. So um, I, I think that like people view it as pretty low risk. You're also getting Christian Wood at a time when, you know, with one of the knocks on him has always been like that. He is um, very con- <laughs> shout out. With it. There, there's he believes he, he's a, a, a very good player. Right. Which is great. You want that. Um, you also want people, though, who, who know their place in the league, too, and know what they need to do on winning teams. And there's been some disconnect with that. So. Um, how did, you know, you're getting in at a time when I don't want to humbled isn't the right word, but like the market should have told him something that, you know, like he needs to re up his value. And this isn't like, there is track record for this with the Lakers. Um, Malik Monk did it two years ago. Dennis Schroeder did it last year. Um, you know, he's in prime position to do that with the Lakers this year. And then I think lastly, like when you just sort of look at the low risk and stuff like that, like he's going to have opportunity. Um, you know, I don't think anybody expects Anthony Davis to play 82 games. I don't think anybody expects LeBron James to play 82 games. Um, there are going to be nights where the Lakers need points and Christian Wood can get you buckets. Like he is a score. He is a skilled, skilled offensive player when it comes to putting the ball in the basket. And there are going to be nights the Lakers need that. Um, the questions still for me are like, what does he do on the nights when they don't? Um, can he fill in those other gaps? Can he fill in the rebounding gap? Can he block enough shots? Um, you know, he's not going to lock people down defensively. That's not his game. But can he be functional in your team defense? Can he play hard in transition? Um, you know, can can he can he hit open shots in the corner? Um, you know, I was on Spectrum the other night. We were talking about it, and it's like, I'm not a huge X's and O's guy, but, like, you can really easily imagine a LeBron James, Anthony Davis pick and roll with Christian Wood sitting in the corner and that giving you three very, you know, like right. high octane options. That, like, that's, you know, if- it's interesting you say that just because like a big talking point we've had uh, really, I guess, in the in the Christian Wood era, if we want to call it that. Yeah, it's been a fun yet. three weeks. Um, yeah. But uh, the idea of whether he should start or come off the bench and the thing that I've been pretty adamant about it, uh, in thinking he should be off the bench, but in a very important role is I think it will be very difficult to play him, LeBron, and AD extended minutes together just because I think mm-hmm. it puts LeBron in a bad defensive position, you it know, does. having to guard more wings or having to reconfigure your defense in ways to try to avoid putting LeBron in that position in ways that I'm frankly I'm not sure are really worth it. But A, do you expect him to start or come off the bench? Come off the B, bench. Okay. And All right, I'll be quick on that one. I think he's coming off the bench. I yeah. mean, I think part of the reason they signed him was to be a part-time starter. Um, that of the of the guys that were available at that center position, um, he was by far the most equipped to start 25 games, should it be necessary. Um, that his skills best fit that role. Um, I, I, I think – you know, and we can get we'll get to this later. I think they've got four starters pretty locked in, and I think there's a battle for the fifth. And uh, it's not Christian Wood. Yeah, I, I I'm assuming you're predicting 
LeBron, AD, D'Lo, Austin as the four yes. starters, yes. small forward, TBD. Yeah, and I think that'll either be Torian Prince or Rui Hachimura probably would be my guess to be one of those two players. In- um, I've heard some really good Torian Prince stuff. So far, I, I think, you know, he's had kind of a funny career, but like he started a playing game against the Lakers last year and yeah. made everything, made every shot in that yes, game. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, yes, he did. <laughs> you, you know, and is a guy, um, you know, who actually has some of these Christian Wood things to his sort of rep in the sense that he was always a guy who was a very confident player. Does could he accept a role? Um, these were questions that have been asked about him at times throughout his career. It stops in Atlanta and Brooklyn and things like that. But I think he really settled into something last year. And, you know, again, in this situation, it, it's a lot easier to accept roles um, when you're accepting them around LeBron James and Anthony Davis, um, I think, for guys. And, you know, you're doing it on the Lakers. Um, those guys are going to have whoever it is in that position, um, you know, is going to have a real opportunity. I mean, look, Jared Vanderbilt started in that role. Last year, too, I, I think it'd be foolish to not consider that an option. Um, I, I just think that they have got some other two-way kind of options, you know, to, to that, that'll get a look, too. All right. That that actually leads to what I wanted to get to next, which is some of the training camp battles that you, that you find most interesting heading into what I think is sure. going to be a very exciting training camp. So we will get into that coming up next. But first, let you know, Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Jace Medical. And if the last few years with the pandemic, various natural disasters, other unforeseen emergencies have taught us anything, it's that we should expect the unexpected. Everyone should feel empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones when it feels like the world has gone sideways. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, gives you peace of mind. So that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have that medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation. I've done it. It's super easy, super quick. Licensed pharmacy medication delivery, ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. You can save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional 20 bucks off by using the code Locked On at the checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked on. All right, so we were just talking about that small forward TBD training camp. And first of all, I think Torian Prince is a guy that has kind of gone under the radar. Under the radar, yep. This offseason, like he... He he brings a dimension. Like before, we even get into some of the specifics of these training camp battles, he brings a dimension they have been missing the last few years with a true wing-sized guy who is a proven three-point shooter. Like if if Torian Prince can't hit threes this coming season, like the Lakers need to really consider getting rid of like the dark lighting inside crypt. Like because it, <laughs> well, it, it feels point, like. They've it's had a lot of clear. guys like Torrid Prince that are like 40% shooters that yeah. can and just can't shoot anymore. Because he's got a track record. Like he he mm-hmm. is a really good rely, you know, he's not JJ Reddick, but he's a sure. good outside shooter. And I think like at that size, that's a dimension in and of itself. And you know, in a proven NBA rotation player, they haven't had a guy like that in a few years. Yeah, I just pulled up his numbers. Uh 38.5% since 
2021 from three on three and a half attempts. I will say, you know, he has not been a starter. He's been a part-time player. He's had injuries um, that have certainly been a part of this. And, and I think that's part of his story too. Um, you know, and that'll be something I think the Lakers consider when it comes to this. I do think that they want to be consistent, right? Like, especially after all their talk um, last year about continuity and lack thereof. Um so, but, but yeah, no, I mean, I think whether it's as a starter, whether, a, and I think one of the advantages to a player like Torian Prince or like a vet like him too, is that he's a guy that can start and not necessarily not close too. Mm-hmm. And you can live with that, right? Like, cause there'll be games where they certainly close with three guards. Um, you know what I mean? I think that's, you know, I mean, that would make sense a lot of nights as a closing lineup, right? Is Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, LeBron and AD. Um, that, that's like the money would tell you. I can I can hear by the way uh, a lot of our listeners our <laughs> viewers groaning yeah. right now. Let, let's just remind people: not all three guard lineups That's are right. created equally or as disastrously. Well, Reeves, be... Debo, and Vincent are not the same thing as Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, Lonnie Walker. Sure, like sure. or yes. or those or beverly or, russ reeves like or even schroeder i mean like gabe vincent yeah. is is a is a bigger player right yep. like more physical and stuff like that too um but i think like you know that'll be one of the things it's not really a training camp battle, but one of the things that i'm just curious about as we see is like what do some of these groupings look like um you know what i mean like i think we all know like who the three are on this team right and that's lebron ad and i think austin reeves has established himself yes as a guy who will be in almost every version of their closing lineups, um, you know, provided he's healthy. <laughs> there he is. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, like, you know, do they look at Gabe Vincent? Do they look at D'Angelo Russell in those situations? What about Rui Hachimura? Um, one of the things with Rui, you know, when they unlocked him, um, you talked to people behind the scenes and it was that they gave him a consistent role, mm-hmm. you know, and that role happened to be coming off the bench too by the way and that was the consistency and there were more shots and there was more time there for him and he thrived in that so do you risk changing that by having him stand around and and spot up shoot with the starters this is why i i know a lot of people i've I've seen a lot of people you know like media or fans when it comes to predicting this upcoming season they've got Rui penciled in as a starting small forward and and i get it and you know i've heard that he's you know, slim down a little bit, maybe in anticipation of playing more in that position, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And I understand it like in terms of the money, but the way I look at it is you want to get $17 million worth of value out of him. How you get it in certain respects doesn't matter as long as it works. I tend to think you get more out of Rui if he's coming off the bench and can be in more of a featured scoring role. I, I've been kind of, you know, lobbing's too strong because nobody at the organization cares what I think. But I've been I've been really lobbying for the idea of Jared Vanderbilt as the starting three, just mm-hmm. because I think that defensive versatility gives them a lot of options to open games and like to take yep. to take some of that heat to begin halves um, off LeBron, off Reeves, off, you know, sure. AD as the back line, just in terms of like the toughest perimeter assignment that you don't want to automatically put either on LeBron or AD or just start stressing AD as that back line. And teams and don't I think- argue the same way as they do in the playoffs either, right? Like it just teams generally do more of like what we do 
you know, it is what, what coaches will say in the regular season. So, you know, some of those deficiencies, like where, you know, teams will just funnel the ball to Jared Vanderbilt in the corner, you know, possession after possession and dare him to shoot. That won't happen as much in the regular season. And, um, you know, I think lower pressure, lower situations, maybe that's not a bit. I, I think it's under consideration. I really do. Um, you know, the two names that I had heard were, were you know, first and foremost were Prince and were um, Hachimura. But I, th- I think you're right, Andy. I mean, I do think there's a really good argument to make. Again, by the way, continuity, the, something you like, that was a very good starting lineup for you, um, you know, heading into the postseason and through most of the playoffs. Yeah, the other thing I'm I'm really interested to see is the backup too, because yep. it feels to me like they are counting on it being Max Christie. And I, I I've heard a lot of optimism. I know he played extremely well in the summer league and like yeah. progressed in the way that you want to see a young second year player. Played really well in the G League last year yeah. too. Yes. What have you heard in terms of confidence about him or potential role for him? Because if if it's not him, then it starts becoming, I think, very fuzzy who plays that role alongside Vincent, assuming it isn't just a three-guard rotation. Yeah, I mean, look, it could be a three-guard rotation. And then, you know, because of LeBron sort of on the ball presence too, you could kind of work some more stuff with your wings. You could play bigger. Um but no, I I think the opportunity is there for Max Christie. I think it's clear, right? I mean, uh, it wasn't like Lonnie Walker went and got a big offer somewhere else. I believe he signed for the minimum. I'm if, pretty sure if, he did too. You, you know, um, and one of the reasons why a player like that who is well-liked would do that is because there's more opportunity for him somewhere else. And, um, you know, I think they are incredibly high on Max Christie, um, you know, higher than – I think some scouts, but then you talk to other people who look at him and it's just like, this is like what an NBA guard looks like, right? Like he's more athletic than you think he is. Um, one of the knocks on him coming into college was that, you know, he wasn't that tough. Well, like, you know, he played at Michigan state and physically got after, and then you'd watch him as a rookie. I, you know, if people want to go back and look at a game, um, they played Washington um, in LA and he, and he guarded Bradley Beal for chunks of that game and yeah. like looked completely competent. Like he didn't shut him down, but it wasn't like, oh, Bradley Beal's being guarded by this 18-year-old kid. <laughs> like, it didn't look like that, um, which which is promising. I think he's a worker. He's about the right stuff. And, and you know, he's very mature, very confident kid. So I, I think they have a lot of belief in him. Um, you know, I know Darvin Ham thinks highly of Cam Reddish. Um, saw him in a playoff series, um, you know, when Cam Reddish was with the Hawks. Look, I think a lot of teams have been – high on Cam Reddish, um, only to be proven wrong. He's and, a lot and- like Christian Wood right now at this period. We're like, he's in a new situation where like, it, you know, it doesn't matter from the Lakers perspective where he was drafted, the hype on sure. him. But he's also, I don't know where his minutes are going to come, but if nothing else, if he can prove that he's somebody who has the right attitude about being a part of sure. a team that matters, even that I think could help him reputationally. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, like, it, it'll be hard. Um, I don't see, like, a crazy direct line of minutes for him. Um, he's going to have to earn them, and that's hard. That's really, really hard to do, especially when you're a player who's been a little inconsistent because that's the way you earn minutes is you become reliable, you know? So maybe through injuries or something like that, a, a doorway opens for him. Um, I mean, he's going to get a look like the preseason 
you know, will be very important for him. Um, I think the preseason will be very important for Jackson Hayes. Oh, yeah. Uh, similarly, you know, as a guy who, you know, can lay claim to some of those 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 center minutes. I think, you know, it's going to be an interesting question when we talk about Christian Wood and this stuff is, is like, I do think there is an opportunity for a role there for him. But I do think there are going to be nights where Jackson Hayes makes more sense. There are going to be nights where Jared Vanderbilt makes more sense. Um, and there are. There are limited minutes in that front court. Um, you know, if, if we have LeBron James and Anthony Davis locked in as starters, um, I think that, I mean, that feels safe. That's safe. That feels safe, <laughs> right? Like somewhere between Rui Hachimura, Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood, Jared Vanderbilt, but you're not playing all four of those guys. Um, you know, you're just probably not. Um, so somebody's going to be the odd man out in those rotations. And I think handling that is going to be a challenge. Yeah, I got a thought on that coming up. Um, we'll also get a little bit into the Lakers in the West. And also Austin Reeves on the golf course. He was talking up his game pretty strongly on the Low Post podcast with Zach Lowe. And Dan has actually played golf with Austin Reeves. So we'll get some perspective on that coming up next. He cheats. <laughs> he doesn't cheat. <laughs> too late now you put it in the ether all right like no real quick, no 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 he doesn't cheat all right real quick before we get to the lakers standing in the west i think the big difference between hayes and reddish is the two guys who i think the nba guys the new nba you know like guys who've been in the nba a while who are new this year hayes if lebron or AD or both have injuries that hopefully are avoided, but to some degree are expected that in and of itself will open up opportunities for Jackson Hayes. But if LeBron and AD get hurt, it opens up nothing for Reddish. I think that's the big difference in terms of where it's easier. Yeah. I just think it's easier. I I have an easier time telling you what I think Jackson Hayes could be good at for the Lakers. And I get, then I do saying, here's how Cam Reddish can help the Lakers. Jackson Hayes can rim run and, and be and work on the glass and catch lobs. Right. He's a crazy athlete. Yes, he's in transition and stuff like that. Right. Like, like that's how Jackson Hayes can help the Lakers. Cam Reddish is more of like, I mean, I think the most complimentary reviews of him would like view him as sort of like, you know, a jack of all trades, master of none. And like those players are hard. Like that's a hard job when you have big time stars around you because it's, you know, I'll give you an example of a player I think who struggled with that was Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah. Was was a guy who, like, you know, is much more effective of a basketball player with the ball in his hand. Um, you know, but guess what? Like, putting the ball in Taylor Horton Tucker's hand when you've got LeBron James, when you have Austin Reeves, when you have D'Angelo Russell, when you have even Rui Hachimura and Anthony. When you had Russ at the time. Yeah, yeah. Those are all worse options. Those are all better options. And, and that – so it's hard to kind of try to find – the other slices to fit in. Now, Cam Reddish profiles as a guy who could be a really good passer, who could be like he has sort of the body of a defender. Um, you know, he's made some shots that, that stops his career, but like, you know, um, it's a it, it's a gamble, but only in the sense that it's like, a, I mean, it's a very low risk gamble. Again, Cam Reddish won't be the difference whether or not this team is, you know, in the finals or not. Um, if it hits, it could matter if it doesn't. If it doesn't hit, we're, we're. I mean, we're probably talking about their twelfth guy. Yeah, I, I. I don't see. I don't see a direct path for minutes from either. If if he has minutes, it means he really busted his ass and earned them. Which, or I guess, tons of injuries, one or the other. But yeah. I, 
if it's tons of injuries, it means this team went sideways and they got much bigger problems than how much Reddish is or isn't playing. Where do you think they stack up in the West right now? You and I were talking about this before the show began. like, And we're both pretty optimistic about this team, but wins are going to be hard to come by. Yeah, I mean, like somewhere th- between third and ninth, <laughs> like I think is like kind of that range. I mean, like if you told me a healthy New Orleans had a better season than the Lakers, like I would be, I would say, okay. Um, you know, New Orleans was the best team in the West um, before Zion Williamson got hurt last year. Um, if you told me Memphis was had the best record in the conference, um, you know, I'd be a little surprised that based on kind of what they lost, but like also they had a Marcus Smart, you know, and they're going to get John Moran back. And, you know, they've got good young players that are ascending. Um, there are a lot of teams that are efforting to be very competitive. Like, I mean, Phoenix has three dynamic players. You know, and if they are trading DeAndre Ayton, which is like kind of been like the, the the chatter, they turn him into two players. Maybe that adds some of their rotational, like and some of their depth questions. You can answer some of or that. Or Frank right? Vogel figures out how to unlock him because he lo- sure. Frank Vogel loves big men. Yeah. Loves so I, mean, I think you know, um, like that's another kind of like, and there, there's just a lot of good teams, and it's hard to say definitively. Like the Lakers are better than the Clippers. Like it's hard to say that definitively. I need to see that. I am. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm calling BS on the Clippers until I see sure. at least one season. Do you feel like they're definitively healthy. better than the Warriors? Actually, I do. I, okay, I think so. Like, because I, I think they, know. I think they have better depth than the Warriors. Um, sure. I, I think the, you're starting. I know the Warriors, you know, won a championship two years ago and two years ago. And, and you should be getting a, in theory, a better version of clay. Yeah. Now, like Clay should be, I don't think he'll ever be prime Clay again, but like he will be closer to that version. Um, and then you add a stabilizing factor in Chris Paul that I, I believe him to be a stabilizing factor on this team, especially too, for in a, in a, in a short term kind of role um, and a team that could use a little more structure. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm just saying like, like, I think it's easy to talk myself into these teams. Like it's easy sure. to talk myself into the Clippers, which is like, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George finally have good luck and they're healthy. You know, like that's, it's a short pitch. Um, And you can make, you can make elevator pitches really, I think for like seven or eight teams. I think I'd have a hard time with Dallas maybe making that type of pitch, but like Luca and Kyrie are good enough for that to be a top 16. Yeah. Those guys are offensively good enough. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to truly outscore everyone, but if any two guys can, Provide yeah. a foundation for doing that. It, it's them to, I think, OKC I mean, is going. What about OKC? What about Minnesota? They're kind of a car crash potentially waiting to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Like figuring out how to make it work with Cat and Rudy Gobert may be an unsolvable problem. Um, sure. we'll, we'll see where it goes. You know, if if they can manage to have Towns was like fifty games. Left. I was going to say, you, you know they, what I mean, and that's like one of those things. It's like if that number is even cut in half, like they are a better team. Yeah. I mean, look, Anthony Edwards is an absolute star and he is, mm-hmm. you know, as, as the kids would say, he's a problem. Um, yes. I just, I think that front court foundation with cat and Gobert, particularly defensively, it's just difficult to figure out how to make that work. Our friend Troy Brown is there though, too. Yeah, I know. And, it, and, you know, and Matt Ryan, it's like Lakers, like Lakers. You want to talk about, uh, you know the Laker, the Lakers 
profile giving guys a bump. Even Troy Brown got a bit of a bump going to Minnesota. Slight raise. A slight raise, yes. Slight raise, uh, but a raise nonetheless. I thought Troy Brown had a nice season last so year. So did I. Regular season. Um, but no, I, I just think, like, I guess my point is, is like, look, I think I can pitch the Lakers being better than any of those teams, too, which so is LeBron and AD are healthy. They, they build on what they did in the second half of the season, and they're a defensive monster with tons of depth and, you know, a team that's growing and moving in the right direction. Reeves said, on, for them too. Reeves said on the podcast with, with Zach Lowe before we get to the golf that he thought mm. the Lakers may be the most talented team in the league. I think you can make a pitch for it, like in terms of just pure talent. That doesn't necessarily mean the best because best sure. and talented isn't always the same thing. But yeah. their talent, top Boston. to bottom. Boston. Tatum Brown, Porzingis, Brogdon. I mean, like, you know, obviously injury issues with Brogdon, Derek White. Um, that's a pretty good one. Horford, yeah. Robert, Robert Williams. Williams. Yeah, no, it's it's good. But but He's... I mean, but like the Lakers is, I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, and I think what when Austin said, I, I, I was listening to the pod today too, and I kind of had the same sort of like, is it? And then it's like, but like the fact that you're not like, it's not right away. Right. I, I think I can... is like, that's the argument. Like, there's yeah, you... to have that argument. You can make the argument. I'm not saying definitively one way or the other. And again, most talented doesn't necessarily mean best, but sure. their their roster is quite skilled. Like it is a really skilled group of NBA players. Like the the top the top ten guys on this team, top ten, top eleven, they're all like NBA players. Like mm-hmm. they're going to be guys who feel like they should get playing time and are justified in feeling that, and they're not going to. Like that's that's how many options Darvin Ham's got to work with. Reeves also said on this podcast. He was asked by Zach Lowe who the best golfer in the NBA is. And Reeves did not hesitate to say me. And then I'm him. I'm him. 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 And then Zach Lowe said that, you know, most people would say that it's, you know, Steph Curry, to which Austin Reeves, in so many words, said, you know, did I stutter? Um, You've actually, you've actually played with Austin Reeves. Is Is he that good? He's very good. Um, I have played with him twice Ooh. and I don't think I played Ooh. with him. Well, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I played, I've, <laughs> I've written two pretty big Austin Reeves stories, both involved rounds of golf at some point. Um, and I, you know, he didn't play great either of those rounds. Um, and like he, like, I know, I don't remember what he shot the first time, but like, he didn't play great when we played in Vegas during team USA training camp and he broke 80. <laughs> and like i mean he like i mean he missed a lot of shots and, and stuff like that and i mean i think i might have even been up after two or three holes which is like not good I've um, seen, you and i've been to top top golf together dan you can crush I'm no ball. good i'm no, no but good. you can crush uh, the ball. but like i mean he pounds it like i mean i'm 40 50 yards like he pounds it i think we we played one hole a par five that i think he went driver seven iron oh wow like he hits it um, I mean, really smooth swing. Uh, look, he's got a golf TikTok, uh, Hillbilly Bogey, an amazing yep. name, an amazing, amazing name. The fact that that's not on shirts yet or head covers is probably like will a be. real. Yeah, it's a real missed opportunity at this point, but I think they're working on it. Um, but no, he's very good. I, I know he wants to play Steph. I've long sort of pitched people at the NBA, like some version of like the match during Summer League, where you just take those dudes out on a course and you have him. You have them kind of like you mic them up and like, 
you know, you you have it. You can this, play teams. You can play handicap. You play shops. Yes. Like whatever. Like this is this type of stuff. Easy idea. It, it's you would see these guys like the because we're around them to know like these guys are sickly competitive. Like yeah. the type of competitiveness you would see Reeves versus Curry would be off the charts. So here's the difference basketball. between those two guys. I think I think Steph Curry is a basketball player who golfs, and I think Austin Reeves is a golfer who plays basketball. Interesting. Like, I think he'd tell you the same, too. Like, oh, it's he funny. He, it. he had a game. I'm trying to remember when it was this year where, like, where he, he had, like, 38 points or something like that. Had a big night. But, like, Jordan Spieth, like, blew, like, a two. Jordan Spieth is his favorite golfer. Blew, like, a two-shot lead. And, I, and it, like, almost ruined his good game. <laughs> like, he's a huge sicko. He's a sicko about golf. Like, he's obsessed. It is very much his... Like to call it an outlet would be unfair, but like I would encourage people to listen to the pod with Zach. Um, one of the things he says on there is like, you know, basically like I'm a pretty simple guy, yeah, and like it is like he has like his, you know, it's like family, friends, basketball, golf, like there isn't like some weird other extracurricular, like he's not in the club, he would be buying clubs. Like right. that is, his, <laughs> like, like, he is cleaning. He is cleaning his clubs. He's the only club he's club. around, the one is his back. three wood. Is his three wood? Yeah. Uh, Dan Wojcicki, his coverage <laughs> at the LA Times is phenomenal. Everybody should be reading it. You should be subscribing to the LA Times, uh, saving journalism and all that. Dan, Seriously. friend of the show, I always appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, Thank Andy. You. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, and I look forward to seeing you out there at media day and training camp and all that fun stuff right around the corner. All right. uh, Looking to get some more guests during the week. Brian will be back for Thursday and we will see everyone then.